Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Face masks and face shields. 2020 was mad real. <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Candy Hustle, and you are now tuned in to Dope Chick with Ambition podcast. Let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I know you guys are listening like, Candy, what is this new intro? Relax. It's not a new intro. I needed to use a Soldier Boy song because we made it. We made it through through the year. 2020 has been crazy. And to be here in December and being able to talk to you guys, that's a blessing. So I wanted to use that track because it went perfectly with all the craziness and you guys are still rocking with me. So Nigga, we made it. <laughs> All right, so I wanted to um, do like a look back on 2020, but I didn't want to do it alone. I wanted to bring a fellow podcaster on. And the good thing about this podcaster is that, for one, she has a background and she's actually in radio. So she's connected with like pop culture and today's um, events and everything like that. Um, so I actually met her on a virtual game show that I was a part of like a couple of weeks ago. And it was pretty dope. Um, We were playing something called Trap Wars, and it was created by a black couple. So it's sort of like taboo, but it had things that we could relate to um, as black people. So like you had to describe the word like bonnet. um, (laughs) uh, What was the other one? Like throwing shade, you know, little stuff like that. And I, I found it very hilarious. It's a dope game. So if you're interested in having like a new game instead of like supporting taboo, um, you can definitely get it from um, this IG page. It's called Fam Foolery. So it's F A M, and then the word Foolery F O O L E R Y. Once you go to their page, you'll be able to um, see that the Trap Wars um, is available, and then you click the link, and then you can purchase it. Um, and of course, I won the game. I was the winner, guys, because Taboo. I kill everybody in Taboo. Like it's so easy for me to, you know, describe certain things. And then my best friend, she was always there too. So we would just always have like little things that we would um, give hints on without giving the words on the cards that you couldn't say. But the podcaster that I have on today, her name is uh, Unique. <laughs> She was definitely about to win, but we we were like um going neck to neck and then I just came through. I I think I had less seconds than her and so that's how I was able to win, but she put up a fight and then shout out to Jesse. He's another podcaster was on the show. He Jesse did not know what he was doing. So, again, I want to go ahead and welcome Unique, the host of Dear Black Girl. That's her podcast. Um, I believe she's originally from the DMV area. Um, she's a part of the um, the uh, radio station, um, Hot 97. So, I want to go ahead and bring her on, and you can introduce yourself now. Unique, hey, girl. Hey, how are you? I'm good. 
Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, no problem. Definitely. I'm glad we were able to connect because, you know, when you're in podcasting, it's so competitive and I don't always want to have to compete. I think collaborations are more important than, you know, competing or whatever. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Um, yeah, so yes, yeah, so I am from the DMV area. Uh, I came to New York for college and I've just been here ever since then. So, oh my God, pretty much like 13, maybe 14 years now. Wow. Um, and I pretty much like just fell into radio, like walking into radio. That was never my regular intention. Like I had plans on going to law school, but I always had a love for entertainment. Okay. So, um, I Fresh out of college, I got a PR gig at internship at this um, boutique PR firm. And then after they, like, lost their clients, uh, they had to, like, lay me off because they couldn't pay my stipends anymore. And I think about, like, a, three months after that, I picked up a blogging gig working with DJ Enough, and that's how I got into radio. <laughs> wow. I like your journey because yours is sort of a little... Um, opposite but similar to mine I had um, I went to school for like fashion and then I went to school for PR and then um, I found out that I loved radio and I wanted to get into radio <laughs> then you you wanted to go into law but then you took an internship with PR and then you fell into radio that is so crazy yeah <laughs> that's and, dope yeah and then like even with podcasting like that just like happened randomly because like I knew people were podcasting I just never like really understood it and I think like I um I I, I think I actually ended up getting suspended from work why <laughs> because basically it was just like um just one of my one of my old co-workers asked me to switch shifts so I switched shifts with them and they ended up wrecking my entire show so I ended up because it was my show I got to blame for it and they had to do something so like I ended up getting suspended with that I think that person just ended up like not being able to like run shows for however long and <laughs> so during that time I was just thinking like wow I need something that's my own because like anything of you like going in like a second and so right. I think I needed like a little bit of inspiration so that's how I came up with like maybe I should do a podcast just so I could like talk to like my peers or just other black women in the industry just for advice and stuff and just see like what their journey is like mm -hmm. and that's pretty much how I came up with like the concept <laughs> and started there and I like the content that you put out because um you do connect with a lot of women um in the in the industry so you're connecting with your peers and you're giving them a platform to come on like you said to share their journey and I, I tapped into a few of your episodes um I heard the one where you were talking to uh Vanessa Simmons and you mentioned that you went to St. John's yes okay so what degree did you um, obtain from St. John's uh a major in history with a minor in African-American studies look at that look you did all of that and look at where look at where you are what did your parents what did your parents say they say oh um, baby girl what are you doing well, first of all, like, just listen to this. Like, okay. I and I didn't start off with history. I ended with history. So I started off, 
I started off with psychology because I wanted to do like um, neurosurgeon, like just like work with the brain. So originally I wanted to go to Xavier University in New Orleans um, because like they have a high record of producing black doctors for pre-med, but they didn't give me money. (laughs) So after that, I was like, fine, I'm going to Hampton. Like I legit applied to all HBCUs. St. John's was the only HBC I didn't apply to. And my mom was just like, well, growing up in like the DMV, like I'm surrounded by black people, black culture all the time. My mom was just like, you know, the world's not just black people. Like you need to experience um, a world where you're you're the minority because that's what it's going to be. And I was like, I kind of don't want to do that. And she was like, well, I'm not paying for any other school. So you got to go to St. John's. So that's how I ended up there. <laughs> wow, really? So your yeah. mother wanted you to, and that's so odd because usually um, black parents do want to just, you know, continue to push that, like, you know, that whole, this is your culture, this is, what you, this is what you should be around, this is what you should, you know, connect with, and your mother wanted you to do the opposite. I think that's pretty dope, though. Like, do you appreciate her for pushing you that route? Yeah, I, at first I was upset, but then I can I cannot appreciate it because then, like, I had to realize, like, I grew up all, all my life, all over. I only went to predominantly black private schools, in the predominantly white community, like it was just, I was just surrounded by black people, like successful black people nonstop. Cause I also, you know, I lived in Washington, DC, like it, before it was gentrified, Chocolate City and all that. So that's, that, that's all it was. Okay. So like in the beginning, I was just like, oh. but as I got older, I um, started to appreciate like, okay, I started to like learn different nuances and this and the other. And then like stuff I learned at a younger age, I realized that some people didn't get to learn it until they got to have the HBCU experience and all that. So, oh, okay. that makes sense. So, so it makes sense. So you started out with that one major. How many majors did you um, oh, major girl. in while you were <laughs> Girl! <laughs> so I was in the middle of my psychology 101 class. I had two psychology classes because St. John's picture um, first semester for you. So I had this be- behavioral personality psychology class, which I freaking love because it's like just broke down like how people develop like their personalities and and like trauma and all that stuff then I had psychology 101 which I hated I completely hated psychology 101 so because of that I said I'm not doing this okay um so, so I dropped psychology and I ended up doing I think it was government of politics like slash pre-law and I I did that for like up until like my junior year. So like this second half of my freshman year up until like beginning of my junior year. And I was in one of my law classes and we were on a case study and I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> like like right. a, a, a like a light bulb just went off. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to like have to learn. Like this is homework for the rest of my life. This is not for me. So then I went into so, so not, then I went to journalism, which was in a wholly completely different school because like I was in a liberal arts school. So I had to go to like the I think they called it a college of professional studies school. And I went to journalism and then that required me to have a whole extra year. And my mom's like, I'm only playing for one year, so figure it out. So, but during all this time, I had like, I was minoring in African-American studies. So I was like, I have a lot of history courses. So like, I might as well just become a history major. I like history anyway. So that's how I graduated with history. Wow. So when you said you went to a different school it's all within St. John's though yes. right okay yeah because St. John's had like different like schools within it. like each um was it each major was in its own like different school so, okay. like even if you got to St. John's um some 
different uh, majors require different, uh, what is it called? We got to get in. Requirements. Requirements, yeah. Yeah, to get in. All right. So you did that. So now fast forward and you're now in radio and you're on the, the back end. So you are, is it a producer or is it a, a programming? What department are you in? So I, I started off in digital. Now I'm in programming. Um, and it's, it's, some people have like that straightforward, like, you know, I mean, some people's experience in the radio is, like, straightforward. It's not other minds. was just, like, winging it because, like, I didn't have the um, – I wasn't on air personality, but at the same time, I had perks of an on-air personality, like, being invited to go to industry events, um, meeting and interviewing artists. I didn't have a radio show. Um, I didn't have a radio show, but I, I was able to develop – relationships with like uh labels be- label reps because of my um, mentor and like because of that I would just ask hey can I interview people for this and the other and they'd be like yeah so that's how I was, like when it came to like my podcast I was able to get like different artists like um Ari Lennox and Tanashi Nicole Bust and Rhapsody and Cash Dog just because of like just being in the um just being at the radio station is like developing, you know, fr- just regular friendships with like their label reps. So like, even though was, like I was working as a producer and doing social media for um, some of the personalities, like at the same time, I was like one of the few people that didn't even have a radio show that were, that was like allowed to interview artists just for like a digital platform. And then like, um, this would be introduced to them just cause. And that's, I like that because, um, you didn't just stay within your department. You were you were open to doing other things. And that's what radio is really about. That's how you survive, right? Because sometimes your department or your position can get cut. And so if you only know how to do this thing here, you can't go and say, well, hey, can I get, you know, a job in this department because I know how to, you know, move around in this. I'm knowledgeable in this area. So you pretty much are um, being able to uh be placed anywhere and you'll do well right yeah so like that's how I looked up because at first I was a contractor and then like even though I was a contractor I wasn't making here's the thing radio you don't radio it you you either don't make money or you do and like if you do make money (laughs) if you do make money it's just like you you like the Ryan Seacrest Howard Stearns like yeah. Ebro, Charlemagne, you're up there. But other than that, you ain't really like making money like that. Yeah. So yes. so like I was a contractor and a digital contractor. And then like I think I was like complaining. So like uh WBLS used to have the personality personality named Earthquake. So Earthquake is a comedian. And um his producer at the time, I think I was and Earthquake was also from DC. I think I was just like, they just saw me as this like young 20 year old. I was just like just trying to figure it out, struggling. So I was like, you know what? We're going to teach you how to like run the boards. So yeah. like, we'll mm-hmm. see if programming will hire you. So like, they trained me to run the board. I didn't even go through like a um, interview session. They were just like, they trained me to how to use the board. And it was like, they went to like the um, music director of BLS, which is High 97 sister station and they were just like hey you need to know how to run a board we train her you should hire her this and the other so like 
they she's like okay train with this person one day and then you can start the next day so I was like it will see what you do by yourself so I was like okay and then like I trained with the lady one day and then the next time I do a show by myself and the next thing you know I just had a schedule luckily that happened because like uh the contract that I had as like as one of the uh, digital blog managers ended up being like cut like the budget ended up being cut like three months later so did like just doing that I was able to like keep a job and that's, <laughs> oh my god that that's that's dope and I'm I'm getting chills thinking about it because a lot of times um when you're on the outside looking in you think something is one way but it's not so it is important anyone who's listening um younger people always to intern and I interned a lot I interned at a radio station and I realized that radio wasn't for me but I thought before I did in before I did my internship I'm like I want radio I'm gonna be the next Wendy you know what I mean like I'm gonna be the next Miss Jones like all of this stuff was in my head and then when I did my internship at the radio station shout out to streets 94 94.5 here in Atlanta um it was a wonderful experience but it also opened up my eyes because for one like you said, the budget for radio typically, especially if it's a smaller radio station, isn't huge. And a lot of times you're going to have to fight for that, you know, that certain position. And then if there's no positions available, you're going to get cut. And so it's like, did you want to be on that type of seesaw journey, like going up and down, like, oh, my God, I'm hired. Oh, now I got to go to unemployment. Oh, now I'm back hired. Like, it's crazy. So I do thank you for um, sharing, you know, that part of the industry and then keeping it real saying like, hey, it's not money in here. But, you know, at the same time, the more you know, the more that you can be an asset to the um, the station that you're at. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into 2020 and what went down, girl. So... <laughs> Yo. Oh my goodness. Yo, we made it, Unique. We made it. This has been the longest five years it's, of one year of my yo, life. Five years, exactly. So you're in New York, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and to you, Atlanta is open and popping, and we are not really taking COVID as serious as uh, Big Daddy Cuomo up there in New York. So, yeah. Oh my God. I posted, listen. My one of my best friends, she's a doctor, and she would not let me live this down because, like, when COVID first hit the states, like before March 11th, when they were just like, "Okay, COVID's like this," she was just like, she was just like super worried, war. And I was like, "Girl, it ain't that serious. Like, calm down." She was like, "Yo, you need to go stack up this and the other." And I was like, "Whatever." And I was going to the grocery store anyway. I went to. I was going to Trader Joe's. There was nothing in there. And now I was like, what the fuck is happening? Right. Three days later, New York's on lockdown. <laughs> I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> and then, like, it was, no, but the lockdown was, like, the scariest thing in the world. Because, like, New York is always on the go. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 had, I put a video on my Instagram. And it's a video of, like, just nothingness and like Times Square, like someone's just like walking around Times Square and they're videoing how like there's no cars, there's no people, there's no lights. It's like a horror movie. Like even if you drove through the streets of New York, like no one was outside, no cars was outside. It was just like dead silence outside. And it was the scariest thing in the world. Like I've never seen a city like that. It was like it was like a zombie movie. Like we're the zombies. <laughs> and that's so crazy how, you know, I feel as though like one state it's a major state they're taking it serious 
But then these other states are just like, hey, whatever. And I'm like, guys, if this state is taking it serious and you guys are not, are you guys not communicating as governors? Like, hey, buddy, you know what's going on? What are you doing? You're not doing that. So like here in Atlanta, you know, our mayor, um, the mayor of Atlanta, I live in a different part of the city of Atlanta. So it's like Mm -hmm. everything is sectioned off. So she's not directly my mayor, but at the same time, she's representing the city of Atlanta, um, Keisha Bottoms. And so she's wanting to implement things, but the governor was saying like, no, you don't have to do that. So the city pretty much yeah. is wide open. I don't know if you see on Instagram how oh, the clubs, right, the clubs <laughs> are still going down, partying, you know, people are like, still getting killed, shot. Like how was all like, that happening? <laughs> COVID does not exist in Atlanta. Right, right. <laughs> not even just Atlanta, Florida. Not- no, but I, I think the difference is, is, like, you guys are more spaced out. So, like, but even though I was here in New York City, and, like, when I was looking at the news, I was like, damn, all that's happening in New York City. Like, I, like, that's how, like, surreal it was. Because, like, the city shut down, and, like, you're watching. And also, like, New York is just so... Everyone's on top of each other. It's such a small place, but, like, we have, like, majority of the country's population, right? Right. And it's so, and that's just so crazy to me. Like the small city has that. So like you, you're getting stories like all these people dropping dead. There's no room in hospitals. And New York is like one of those few people that on every block there's a hospital. So if you're telling me every block of New York City's hospitals is overcrowded, that you have to change like our whole Jacob Johnson into a makeshift um, freaking hospital, like it has to be crazy. And then, like it was just like The Walking Dead, people dropping like flies, people like there's bodies that still aren't found, and like all this craziness is happening around me. So like my friends are hitting me up from there, like is everything okay? I was like, I mean, I guess of course the news is crazy, but like that's not my life. So it was like right. it was like a surreal thing. Like you're living in it, but you just don't see everything that's happening around you, but you know it's happening. But how are you doing mentally, um, as far as like surviving the COVID and? What are you doing to protect yourself? Are you really following the rules that's being put in place or what's going on? Well, I think like the the only reason my mental was like staying intact this entire thing, because like I didn't I, I didn't have the option of working from home. Like I still had to go in every day. So like so like my um my day to day didn't change. Like I still had to go into work. So like go run a show like I I, I probably I had to do more hours but I still had to go in and come home so like I still had like that that commute and then like to like that interaction with people but like in the Viet like wearing masks washing hands every five seconds lights on everything like just wiping everything down like over time it became more lax but since it's getting colder I'm starting to like do it all over again but like I think because I didn't have to like sit at home and work from home and I still have to like go in and out like my like everything around me was like slower there's less people but like my day-to-day kind of has some normalcy to it which helped right so with the whole COVID guys you know COVID has so many names we will see the jokes on social media but it was definitely serious you know COVID-19 then people call it the Rona then people call it the vid and then you know I called it vidi 19 and then I just (laughs) saw people call it a ro-ro and I'm just like wow we play too much as people this is serious so the coronavirus go ahead uh, I was gonna say I think that's just black people in general like we have to find laughter and trauma that's only way we're gonna stay sane yeah, you know what? We do that often, like you said, because we've we've always gone through trauma our whole existence from you know, from our ancestors um ancestors, excuse me, that we have to like you have like you said, find the 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 humor, the humor and the joy. in the yeah. pain. Exactly. So guys, coronavirus it definitely 
is real. Um, I've experienced it. I thank God that I beat it. If it oh, wow. feels, yeah, it feels like, you know, you can't move. It's weighing down on you. Like you're something is sitting on your chest. Um, the coughing will be there. Um, I just had to make sure that I, luckily I'm working from home with my main job and, um, I was able to, you know, doctor myself up. I had friends send me things, family, um, to send me like cash apps and stuff like that to make sure I had my medicine. Everybody was nervous because it's just like the, like you didn't want to hear the, this was the only thing that you didn't want to happen in 2020. Like, you're like, oh, God, yeah. I don't want to get the coronavirus. Like, because the the end results were just unknown. And so um, I was able to beat it, thank God. Um, however, it's coming back around again. And I'm like, God, I don't want to experience it a second time. Because, like I said, it was like, I'm down here by myself. Most of my family, there in New York. So it's just like, I was here all alone. And I'm going through that, you know, with my puppy. And it was just like, oh, my That's God. Scary. What is, yeah. It was super scary. And even if they were here, they couldn't come to visit me because I had the cooties. <laughs> and they could possibly get the cooties, too. And it's like, we don't want all of that. Especially, like, my grandfather, he's a cancer survivor. My grandmother, she's, you know, older. My mother, she has asthma. Thank God I don't have any underlying um, health conditions. So mm-hmm. I was able to, you know, bounce back. So, now we have to embrace the new norm, um, wearing face masks, face shields. What are you wearing when you go out? Are you doing both or you're doing either or? So I wear masks, but if I'm traveling, I wear face shields. So, like, I went to um, California at the beginning of November. So, like, while I was on a plane, I had a face shield. But, like, if I'm traveling um, back and forth between D.C. and New York, I usually take Amtrak. So I just have, like, a face mask. Okay. And gloves and wipes. <laughs> Listen, at first, when I, when we first got introduced to this whole thing and it hit the U.S., I was doing, like, the glove things. And, I, you know, I saw people wearing, wearing, like, serving gloves. Like, what are you doing? Those are from the kitchen. You got the wrong gloves on. Like, people... <laughs> People are just out here with mittens on, just putting on anything just to not get it on their hands. And then it was crazy because people were still getting COVID after being suited up. And it was like, wait, what? I did everything right. How did I still get the COVID? So me personally, I'll do a mask. Um, I haven't gotten the face shield yet. Um, but they do. The CDC does recommend that if you're wearing the face shield, you do you the shield and the mask, right? And yeah, I've so seen, that's what I did. Yeah, right. when I was on the plane. Right, and I've seen people just put the shield on, like me. I would have just still just put the shield on with no mask, so you could just still see my red lipstick. Like, what's guy? Oh, How no. you doing? No, no. <laughs> No. doing it all wrong just out here like candy you're not even wearing it right like yes i am but no you need to put a, a face mask on with the shield guys if you're gonna wear on the shield um so then we had the toilet paper shortage oh my goodness what was that about unique um i feel like people just panic like usually like in you know what? This toilet paper and paper towels should don't make no sense. Like water makes sense to me. That I just I just feel like people are just like, oh my God, like worse comes the worst. I just don't want to be out here and like just not be able to wipe my butt. And I'm just like, but that's what you have a whole shower for. Like let's say you run out of toilet paper, just hop in the shower, take a shower. Like right. 
I don't I, I really don't know the common sense behind that. Like that was just like panic mode, like first world issues, like, oh my god, we need toilet paper, like all else fails. The world is we need toilet paper to build our slow paper fort or whatever. Right. Because I mean, I know twenty twenty was on some bullshit, but it's just like buying up all of that toilet paper for what? You would think that COVID caused crazy bowel movements, but it wasn't. It was all about the respiratory system and you guys are going crazy with toilet paper. Like you're about to TP someone's someone's house. <laughs> and like it's slowly happening again, like with this second wave, like people are buying up toilet paper again. And I'm just like, did y'all not learn the first time that you really didn't need all that toilet paper? Like how do you not still have toilet paper? Like <laughs> But I also guess it's like people are doing it because they don't want to go back outside for anything. So that's probably why. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. You just want to stock up. That's true. So then, of course, sad news um, with the COVID. Everybody's, you know, passing away. But then we had some people that died um, not due to COVID, which was the NBA legend Kobe Bryant, along with his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correct. Gianni, Gianna, Gigi. Let's just call her Gigi, yes. And then along with them, it was seven other passengers were killed in a um, helicopter crash in California. That was on January 26th. So we opened the year just crazy. I was so sad about that. It was like I was scrolling Facebook and I saw it like Kobe Bryant dead at, and I'm like, wait, what? I screamed like, no. Like, where were you when you heard the news? I was in Harlem at my friend's apartment. She was, like, helping me prep for, like, this job interview. And I was just, like, looking at something because I was going to go, like, I don't know. I was on social media, and I was, like, going to go to the sites thing, and I saw that someone posted, like, Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter. I was like, wait, what the fuck? And, like, my friend, she works works for BET. And I was like, girl, I think Kobe died. And she was like, what? And I'm like, I'm trying to find out now. But, like, going to TMZ, like he died in a plane crash. I mean, not a plane crash, a helicopter crash. Like, I don't know if this is, if they're killing him off or this really happened. And it was just like, unbelievable. It was unbelievable because I felt like, I mean, God, I'm not saying that I'm the one who, who decides, but I'm just like, I just thought that he would have more. Like he would have been old and gray, giving tips to the young players coming up. Like he was so young, you know what I mean? And then Gigi to go, like, that just crushed my soul when I found out one of his daughters was on. Because at first, social media was saying, oh, it was all his daughters. And I'm like, wait, no, not all of his daughters, please. And um, thank God, you know, the wife and the other children weren't on the helicopter. So that was just yeah. crazy. Then we had Chadwick, <sighs> Black Panther. He passed. Who would have known? Like... Who would have known he was going through all of that? And his circle kept that so quiet. But the only, the light I see with that is that his wife is pregnant. So that's the light that I see with that. But like, who would have known? And that's just like, that's just perseverance and just like seeing like the bigger picture. Like I have but so much time, but like, let me at least build a legacy for my loved ones or the and inspire other people. Wait, you you just put me on. I didn't know that his wife is expecting. From my understanding, she is. Let me Google that. Yeah, let me hold on. Let me just Google because I'll be so happy. I mean, I don't know. It's always like a um, like I'm happy, but then I'm sad because like I'm happy that she has a piece of him, but then I know that she'll have to look at the child each day to and you know if it's a boy 
you know, maybe the child will come out looking just like him or just having a lot of mannerisms like the dad and that can make her sad. So let me see, Chadwick. It's what? rumors. Okay, so that's pending rumor. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, a pending yeah. rumor. Yep, it's a pending rumor. So if she is expecting blessings to you, um, Taylor, if she isn't, you know, but if she is, that will be that will be a, a great blessing. Um, yeah. Then after that, we also experience a um, another sad death. I I didn't see this coming. I mean, I saw, you know, she would be on social media and she would be talking about battling oh, depression. Fly? Exactly. She's yeah. up next, Jazz Fly. Um, she was a beautiful soul, very very um, in tuned. Always gave some good gems on Twitter, and to see that she you know, decided to, you took know, her life. Exactly. And like, that's heavy. And, and, the, mm. and the thing about that is like, when I, when I, when I, when I saw that, like when I, when I saw that she had passed, like someone that said jazz fly passed, I'm like, wait, what? So then like, I, I remember going to like, like her close friends on Twitter, like none of them had said anything. And then like, it, it ended up getting confirmed that she committed suicide. So I remember I went like on her social media and I like went back and I was like, oh my god like she was really battling depression at that time and then like not only her so many creatives have been balanced with uh, depressions and so many so many like many that aren't like well known to like the public have also taken their lives during this time Mm -hmm. which is such a sad sad thing it is suicide has increased um even more because sometimes you people can't sit they like to stay busy so that their thoughts yeah. won't take over and then when you're not busy with just being in the house doing the same thing over and over again it did get to a lot of people so even um not just celebs but I look at people that's on the street here in Atlanta you know the mental health population they're really really suffering a lot because it's just like they're probably also looking at the news and reading things and then it's triggering their, you know, schizophrenia, bipolar, like all of that stuff. So um, if you are someone who battles or, you know, deals with um, mental illness, um, I just send my prayers to you, but also just want you to be sure that you are not being so um, in tuned with social media, the news, like sometimes just disconnect and try to like meditate even go out for a walk because you can't go outside and go for a walk and do those type of healthy behaviors to um, make sure that your mind is in a healthy state um as best as you can so um definitely also call the suicide um helpline if you are thinking you know having suicidal thoughts and things of that nature so also let's take it to another positive dj uh dj D nice club quarantine. Did you experience oh, that? What I was to say before we get to that. Oh wait, we can't. Okay, we go can't ahead. forget uh, Deborah Lee. She also lost her son during this time. Deborah Lee. She lost her son. Was it to the suicide? Uh no no. So we they never said like how he passed away, but like he um he he died like back in he passed back in June. They never said how or why but they just said they left it at that that he had passed so he was a music executive a dj and like i know that had to be like heart-wrenching for her yes and i definitely see it here so um rest in peace to quinn coleman um he is deborah lee's son um and she deborah lee guys deborah lee is the former bet um chief so she lost her son he was only 31 and that's definitely sad 
Was that? I wonder if that was her only child. No, she has a daughter. She does. She so has she, a daughter. Now she only has the one child living. That's still sad. Yeah, that's really the sad. Cat, the, um, the kid. Mm. So, yes, thank you for bringing that up, though, because she is definitely um, someone part of the community that pushes the culture. And um, to know that they experienced that, that's that's definitely heavy in 2020. It seemed like a lot of people lost someone close to them this year. It's just like sometimes you get so scared going on your social media because sometimes when you see, like, news reports, you don't read the headline. You'll just see the picture and you're like, wait, Johnny died. You're like, oh, God. No, yeah, just so quick. they're just yeah. saying he bought real estate. So you're just like, oh, God, thank you. <laughs> thank yes. you. It's nothing. <laughs> right. So, all right. So Club Quarantine, DJ yes. uh, D-Nice, that was amazing. Guess- I'm happy for him. Yes, he um he got to like I guess like open up like his platform and like reach a whole bigger audience and it was just something so simple like because so many DJs were just so sad and down and out like what I'm going to do mm-hmm. the clubs are closed I'm not going to make money and like it's or it's like not events happening like there's no money fluctuating in and like instead of him dwelling on that he was just like I'm just going to try to create some type of happiness that like anybody can have in their room and in their space and like he popped off for club quarantine I think I went to it like two times and it was it was dope just like to read the comments and to see everyone happy and then like wow you watch it your your friends are in there and they're texting you it was just like it was just like a happy feeling it was a happy feeling like to even see um former president well forever first lady <laughs> forever first lady <laughs> Michelle Obama was in the building she was like hey I'm like I'm in the same live with Michelle. I turned into a groupie like I was on live with Michelle but not really on live with her but you know what I mean she was in the building I was in the building right we were in the same club so um yes I like the fact that he um wanted to make he had a purpose right and his purpose turned into a profit in a sense because now he was able to you know land interviews um his numbers went up as far as his followers he was at like at 200k before the uh club quarantine and then after that he went up to like 1 million and then it just continued to grow so to be an artist sponsorships and all that right right and he's from the he's from the 80s like he's from the hip-hop from the 80s and to still be relevant now is dope well like well even before that like i know like a lot of people got put on to dj d nice because of club quarantine but like d nice was still like super relevant even before that like um especially like if you're working in the music industry like mm-hmm. he was still doing gigs he has this apart he had this party that he used to do with like dj clark kit and a few other people called the originals party which is a dope party that okay. they have and like he was still doing movies doing stuff, it, right. and like doing big corporate gigs and this and the other but like, I think that just opened him up to a whole new generation that like probably didn't know who he was or what he was doing behind the scenes already I agree no you definitely summed that up um perfectly so he was introduced to um people who may have not known him and now they're you know happy that he you know introduced See? himself and now he's bubbling like I like that about him so speaking of DJs <laughs> 2020 also had some things going on with one particular DJ. Shout out to DJ Funk Flex, who went live with his lipo sec- um, suction. He did the lipo on his live on Instagram. <laughs> I did not know that happened, so one of my former coworkers told me, and I was like, you're lying. And I yeah. think I saw like a video of it, and I was just like, 
oh my god like it because like i just can't see like someone cutting into somebody and i was just like oh my goodness but i mean it's all about self-care care and health like whatever well hey with with the with the whole lipo thing it's about you know first of all do what makes you feel happy right um first and foremost that's for men and women um usually black men aren't too open about getting lipo i remember when kanye confessed about getting lipo and everybody everybody was laughing and, at him. like where i didn't know see i, I don't think i laughed at him i was just like where right but where he but would I get couldn't it tell. right probably his like his his stomach area like with funk flex he was getting his side like he definitely got snatched people were saying that he got a bbl i'm like yo y'all so annoying like people just couldn't believe it so now i First think all, more you men, can't you can't lot. tell like you can't tell he looks the same but i guess he just made it tighter but he looks the same like you really can't tell but i think what he did with that is like he just showed people like it's okay like it's part of self-care self-love like right. it's okay to invest in yourself still fellas. looking yeah. fit and all that like it's okay there's a clubhouse about that like self-care phone flex and investment in like your like investment in yourself like you don't have to like grow up and like just let yourself go like just stay fit looking however you want to look well here's the thing um sometimes you know going to the gym doesn't work for everybody you can go to the gym all these years and you may not get a six-pack so he's like well bump that i'm about to go and lay on this table the ladies do it and white men do it all the time like they have no problem going under the knife to get them some calves to get them some some pecs they're gonna go under the knife so black men if you want to go under the knife don't let anyone say oh that's for girls cosmetic surgery is not for women or it doesn't make you gay like that's ridiculous sleeping with the same sex makes you gay doing things that make you feel good about yourself does not make you gay that's always ridiculous when people drop the gay word like crazy and it's just it's it's literally the homophobia and the masculinity within our society within like not even our society our black community that needs to be fixed like it's okay. Like, if someone's life, they want to do it, cool. Like, I don't... What do you get out of making a joke about it? What do you get about out of talking? Like, does the, did your day change? Did your life change? Did you get more money? No, it happened. You joked about it, and life goes on. Life they're goes still doing on. better than you. And like, they're still doing better than you, and they made a decision that you probably wish you could or wish you had the money. Because I feel as though a lot of times when people shade things, is like, listen, if you were in the position to do, you would. So be quiet. Um, so now we're also going to move on to (laughs) Megan the Stallion and (laughs) Tori Lanez. Oh my Honey. Okay, guys, we are in a um, time right now where black women need to be protected. We always should have been protected, but even more so now. So allegedly Tori Lanez popped Megan but she waited too long to really say who shot her. She was trying to put girl. It was too much. Now it seems like she was telling a a fib. What do you think? I think what happened was, I think Tory Lane did it. I wasn't surprised. Like fuck it, I think he did it. I don't think what he says because just the way he moved after that whole ordeal. I think that was. And Leffer did it. I don't know if I can curse on your podcast. So, <laughs> okay. So, I think he did it. And then I, I think what happened was Megan Stallion Megan did what Black women do. Like, they they chose to protect 
black men or another person before thinking about themselves. Mm. So instead, like knowing like the repercussions of what could happen, because first of all, Tory Lanez ain't not an American citizen, so he would get deported, which would completely come or in jail time, which will also completely affect his not only his life but his entire career. Like it would destroy him. So it's like she's sitting there, she's holding everything in, and she's she's not even thinking about her own mental health. She's just thinking about protecting this person that harmed her and like a lot of black women taking that trauma and then it, it gets to the point where you just like and then like on top of that like she's the victim and she's getting attacked by all these people that don't even know what's happening and they're deciding with him and this and the other like it, it hits a point where it's just like no f all this i'm gonna just say my truth i'm speaking my piece i'm gonna be honest and i'm gonna be open and i don't care but this is my truth and this is what happened this is what happened and if he did it he needs to own up to it like a man if he didn't you should have said something sooner. If somebody blamed me for doing something, I didn't do it. Baby, I'm I'm having a press conference. I'm holding all the lies. I did not do it. That girl is lying. X, Y, Z. And it's all about timing with the truth. So now, both of their stories, the story is like going on and on and on. I just wanted to come to an end at this point. Um, and speaking of going to jail, we got rappers going to the feds. Like, tuh, another one, Casanova. Casanova catching a Rico charges. Yeah. Um, so I, I oh feel like God. the issue. So here's the thing, because I was having this conversation. I've been having a lot of conversations <laughs> with coworkers. <laughs> so here's the thing. Like it, it's it's either one or two ways. Like if you're not, you can be famous, but if you're not an A-lister, like on the Jay Z, Beyonce, Kanye, Kim, and all them level, um, this pandemic, like it hurts you like you're you're not traveling you're not making money you're not doing shows like whatever was helping to keep your income in it's no longer there so right. like you're like you could be struggling or not even as that like maybe let's say you're fine it's the it's the people that you keep around you and like some of these and i know some people are just like some i don't understand like why rappers don't like just drop certain people that are around them that are like still in the streets but like people have to understand like some of the people that are still in the streets are the people that in a way, invested in this artist to help get them to where they're at. So the person's not just going to drop them like that. So it's just like, he could have just been, he could have done it, or it just could have been like he was caught, like people around him was doing it. He got caught up in the joint, and now he got Rico charges. That's what I said. I said, um, you made some good points, which which you're saying, like, okay, these people may have invested in, into him so he may want to still have those relationships but at the end of the day i just think that the man that's bringing money in should be protected just like with pop smoke r.i.p to pop smoke he was a young artist on the rise died this year got shot out in la so he was supposed to be protected because he brings in the money if he is dead you now have no income because you probably were playing a role in his uh, camp uh, security, you know, a producer, like they, they allow you to eat. Like 50 said, you have to protect the money. Kaz going away, he shouldn't be that close to that type of interaction if you guys know that he is the one that's, you know, supporting your livelihoods. That's just also, my opinion. Also, let's say, like, also you have to think about, like, he might not have been close to it, but he has to name. Like, you have to remember when Rick Ross got into that whole rape charge? Like, he mm-hmm. he was not near it, but someone in his thing was, but because of his name, okay. like, I, I, like, sometimes they do that. Like, they will bring in the artists who honestly might not have nothing to do with it or know what's happening. That. Right. And they'll bring them in to catch 
or threaten them to catch whoever else. So it could be one of those. Too. Well, I'm, I'm, like I said, Casanova, Casanova, excuse me, is a good guy. I enjoyed some of his songs that he released. He's um, such a sweet guy. He seems so. He, he was very passionate. I saw his old um interviews where he was just talking about how he didn't want to go back and what he you know would need to do and it's just like damn when you try so hard not to go down one path it seems like you still end up going down it anyway so i honestly hope everything works out for him i do too i he do did too. not deserve that now this bougie herbo <laughs> <laughs> honey they said he got two luxury designer dogs I said dogs. I said, why are you credit card scamming? Like, Honey, when I tell you, I said that man, listen, when it comes to the feds, either you take a nice little plea or you're going to get some football numbers. Everybody who deals with the feds, they're going to have to take a plea because when you go up against them, they have a, I'm going to say a 99.9 conviction rate. You're going to get convicted, period. So you might as well not even go to trial, take the plea, and you're going to still have to serve some time. And that's so sad. Look at Lil Wayne. He's facing Fed charges, too, for the gun. And I'm so sad about that because that's Lawrence London's other son's father. So now if he has to go away, neither of her sons will have their dads. Like, come on. That's why you hire a security guard so that they can hold the guns. They, You know what I mean? Why are you holding a gun as a felon? Wayne, get it together, please. I, I wish you the best as well. Um, next up, King Vaughn. King Vaughn got killed here in Atlanta. The Chicago rapper. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with King Vaughn? No, I just know he's like, he's Lil Dirk's, one of his friends, right? He's one of Lil Dirk's artists and was like a best artists. friend. Okay. So yeah, he ended yeah. up getting killed here. So it's, it's like, he was fighting. He didn't even use a gun. And then because the person was losing, of course, they hit they their camp started to shoot. And so it's like, our black men are just, rap should be the, the, the way out, right? How are they still being caught up in things? You know what I mean? Like, Rap is not a gang, but they treat it as such. They still do gang things. They still carry on in a, a, like a hood manner. And well, it's like, uh, well, uh, I think it's hard to like separate it because like even though it's just like you say rap's not a gang, like a lot of the people that like, you know, help put it where it was, like those are the backgrounds they came from. People like some artists now, like the the way they come up is through like street money. So it's oh, like I it's see. hard to it's hard to separate. You can't really separate the two at all <sighs> because like that's because like it's it's not like pop music where like a white person's like you know <laughs> white corporate person sees, person sees that stuff and invest in that. It's just like no, a lot of these artists like to get to that level have to invest in themselves and like the way they know how to invest into themselves is like through. It's not always through like a positive light, so it's like you can't really separate the two, no matter how hard you try. Like sometimes that the two can't be separated. Like eventually it happens, but not all the time. And you know what? I'm glad you said that, unique, because sometimes I just think like it's easy because I say it right. Like all you got to do is, and it's like candy. You know, it's not that simple. There's um, so many other. Factors, there's so many yeah. other factors. I wish it was as um, simple as I'm saying, but I just I'm just like Dag. I just hate to see my black men. And you you make it to an industry, you make it to the NBA, the NFL, the rap game. You're in a position to provide for your family, but you're still sucked in from your 
your past or your, you know, your friends or anything like that. And it's like, damn, so now you got to go to jail anyway. You get killed anyway. Like, it makes me so sad. So because I think I think it also has to do with, like, that, that savior complex because it, it's so hard. Like, let's say, like, so one person makes it. Like, so many people try to reach on to that person. That person doesn't – it's like an ego thing. That person doesn't want to be, like, the person that's labeled as, oh, you change, you different, this, that, and the other. Like, they don't want to, like, bring on that hatred because, like, when you bring on that hatred and jealousy, like, you also bring on that those bad vibes as well. So it's just like a – it's like a crab in a barrel type of mm-hmm. thing. Like, you're trying to escape right. it, but sometimes – no matter what you do, it's hard to escape it. So it's just like, I feel like, you know, Black people, we have to understand how to create safe boundaries, like mm. boundaries from even like people that, that's been there for us, that we love, that's helped us. Like we, even like parents and siblings, all that, like we need to understand how to create boundaries that like protect us and keep us intact and keep us in place like mental and physical like we can't save everybody like you have to like save yourself first and like once you're once you're good like you can then go back and try to but you can't save everyone because not everyone wants to be saved so damn big gems okay big gems (laughs) i like that no you can't be and i feel like i'm like that i'm i'm a water sign i'm a scorpio i see you're you're a cancer yes so you know how we are and we want to save everybody like we want to save everybody but then every time we we people don't hold us down like we hold them down i promise you end up getting hurt and we end up getting hurt and it's, it's one of those, like, we, we expect people to, like, give us the same that mm. we give them. Mm. And when they don't, like, not even, like, the same minimal respect. It's just so much rage just comes over and anger. And then you just have to check yourself and take it as a learning lesson. Like, not everyone is, like, going to be just as equipped as you are when it comes to stuff. Right. And so let me stop um, side-eyeing these artists who have guns. <laughs> because if I had a gun... <laughs> And somebody pissed me off, I would definitely pull my shit out like, you're a bumbuck. <laughs> I'm about to pop off because people be trying me. So it's like, okay, yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm going to stop side-eyeing rappers and all of that stuff and just just pray for y'all that hopefully, you know, y'all, y'all don't get heavy time for the um decisions that y'all made. And if, even if it's um hearsay and it's not true, I pray that you guys don't get any time at all. So that's good about that. Um, let's go to, oh, honey, the Grammy noms. Okay, I did not pay attention. First of all, I don't pay attention to award shows. Like, I, I, with a passion, hate award shows because, like, it's all, like, political and it's all, like, nepotism and it's just, like, Ooh. And, and and I heard that like with the R and B, like no female was nominated for R and B for category. Um, I just heard like a lot of BS happen with the Grammys this year. And that was a slap in the face to Tiana Taylor because Tiana Taylor announced her retirement um yesterday. She says she states she feels unappreciated. Um she's not getting a real push from her label. Tiana released her third studio album. Um, it was called her album was called The Album. It had twenty three tracks. I'm talking about that album was R and B from start to finish. And for her not even to get a nom a nom- nomination, that's horrible. Like that's 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 ridiculous. Like this girl gave a quality 
album. She had features. She, she had... always gets quality albums. And it was a good rollout this time around because the other rollout was horrible. She didn't like it. Yeah. She didn't like it. So even though like that seven track um, album was freaking fire, that's like <laughs> I love that R and B album. But like, yeah, it was. It was it was like a part of Kanye's guerrilla marketing, which just flopped. Which just flopped. It was his um horrible genius idea, and yeah. it just made everybody look crazy with like these five songs. <laughs> like, nigga, you want to yeah. do five? Let me do ten. I want to give my people ten. So I was really sad about her, but I am happy about the hip hop category. We have real hip hop albums being nominated. Um, King Disease by Nasia Jones. I love that album. Um, Jay Electronica got a no- nomination as well. However, I don't feel as though that was a Jay Electronica album. album. That's a Jay Z's album. I love you, Jay Electronica, but that is a Sean Corey Carter's album. And if he was not on that album as much as he was, I would not have been there. Sorry, I'm a whole fan. Um, and then let's see, we also who else got nominated? Oh, Hit Boy. Hit Boy had an amazing year. Um, production wise, so shout out to him. I love Hit Boy. Um, it, yeah, that was a good category. So I feel as though that blacks we need to create our own Grammys, and a lot of people say that they think BT should be our Grammys. That, I'm like, I don't but, know if BT awards. Okay, Grammys. I don't know about all that. Oh, <laughs> like, that either. But they've been saying since the '80s that <laughs> we need to have our own Grammys. So I think like. Before hip hop became a category, there's another like Fresh Prince and all the like either like late eighties, early nineties, they threw a uh boycott the Grammys party and I just remember like that being like a old like segment that happened on M T V back in the day. But they've been saying that since the eighties. Okay, so if you're if you are someone who's someone in the game and you're listening to my podcast or if you're listening via uh through unique side start the grammy somebody because for the blacks because we keep getting played and every year we show up crying hard body about this white person's award show and when we should be able to create our own because we are the the ones that create the culture and they steal it from us and then y'all begging to get a, a gold man from the white awards get it Aren't together Everybody, yeah, why do we need award shows? Like, I don't get it. Like, what's the point? Like, a trophy? Like, that is that that really, like, getting that trophy is, like, something you work for? Like, not not the fans, not you selling out, not you making a better life for yourself. Not all these other accolades that could mean way more than this little piece of gold trophy that you just, you know, piss on like I did. Like, what? But, like, awards... Awards are needed, though. That's just like even when you work in a company, you want some type of acknowledgement for your hard work. So that encourages you to continue to push on. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, though. But, like, why do I need an acknowledgement from a, 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 what's it called? Like, a group of people that, like, probably don't even, like, really listen to music like that. Like, a whole academy board that doesn't listen to music. Like, isn't my, like, I feel like if you don't get acknowledgement and, at all like in a corporate setting I get it but like as an artist and a musician like especially as a musician like I feel like you get your you feel appreciated when you have a fan that tells you like how much they love their music how much it inspired them to do something how much it saved their life like that's that's what it is like you don't need a trophy for that like Oh. Like that—that's—that's that's self. Like that—that's that what should keep. That's just what should keep you going. Not like, oh my god, this whole very board. They didn't listen to my album. I didn't get a trophy. I feel like I got snubbed. Like, but 
okay. I, I think someone saying that your music changed your life, saved their life, means more than this little piece of plastic gold. I think that record labels should come together and do, like, an award type of thing. Like, who had the best album from which label? You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. that, like a con- like a cheerleading competition. <laughs> you know, and then they'll just go down like, woo, we won. But that like, can get messy, too, because if you think about, like, the Grammys aren't just these old white people. The Grammys that are, are the county board isn't just these, like, old white people. The county boards are people for record label reps, are people that work in the music industry, are, um, managers they're they're like they're a plethora of people no i just i know that it's people that's on the but what i'm saying are those people really tapped into our culture or are these just you know what i mean the people but you're also but like it's the oh my god but like also you have to think about like if you look at like like what let's think about like what sweetie just put out about like what happened like with the rollout of her music like you also have to ask yourself are the labels also tapped in with our culture Mm, yeah so it's it's that's why it's like because it, it, if you think about like yes they sign these black artists but like they're still a company that still needs to meet their bottom lines artists are still products there's still a lot of money that needs to be made there's still an investment that has to be there so like you can't it's like it's still a business at the end of the day it's so like business. i wouldn't yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't call i wouldn't say they're the best to go to as like being tapped into our culture like because the people that are tapped into our culture are the people that are like like living, living it, or not necessarily working in it, but living in it. That's living in it. Well, hopefully, yeah. someone can create something. Maybe even Hove. Hey, Hove. I know you're probably listening to my podcast. You know, I love you. So, if you want to create something and you know be the be the one that kicks it off, do it. Like so, I, like yes. the Rock Nation brunch. People be going crazy to get the invite for that. Do the that title is like the greatest. That's, that's like the that's like the highlight of Grammy week. Yeah, that the is. Brunch. Like, period. after Grammys. After Grammys. Like, period. Let's just have brunch. Yeah, yeah, let's just have brunch, show out, black excellence, all of that good stuff, and that be that. Now we'll celebrate ourselves, yeah. We're going to celebrate. Now, I do want to talk about, also this year, Kevin Hart. Is he losing his funny? I, oh my gosh, I that has had this conversation. <laughs> Unique, now having so many conversations. Nah, no, for real, these are topics, though. This is 2020. So what are you saying? How do you feel? So, because I, I definitely watched the stand-up with uh, one, of my, one of my friends over the Thanksgiving break. And then, like, I, I, this this whole thing happened in Clubhouse where, like, people were like, he's not funny. And, like, that this whole defending himself. And I, and I think what made Kevin Hart funnier in the past is, like, Kevin Hart was speaking on his struggles. Like, and like I said, black people find funny and trauma, but like Kevin Hart hasn't struggled in years. So like what made his stand-up not that great was that like people really couldn't laugh at his rich people struggles because his audience that he's trying to connect with don't understand rich people struggles. Like, why am I going to laugh at a joke about white people saying bop at um, Seinfeld's house? Like, that's not my life. Right. And that's okay. Like that is okay. Like, cause like he's in the he's in a position where like you, you did what you used stand up. You you got to to where you want to be in life, where you can just like sit here and do movies. And like Kevin Hart might not be funny in a stand up setting, but like he he's smart and he's quick on his feet. Like so, in, like a conversational setting or like 
maybe like a game show like setting where he doesn't have to like think of a punchline, but he's just clever on his feet. Like that, that, that's like where his, I feel like his new strips lies at. And that's, and that's fine. Like Santa might not be for you no, anymore, but there's other doors that have opened for you since then that you're good at. And it's focused on that. Like don't catch feelings. Like you did a stand up. It didn't do great. Cool. Baby, when I say he caught them feelings when Tariq <laughs> has said what he said, honey. And the crazy thing is, is that he didn't even at. Yeah, you know I mean, he didn't even mention. He mentioned his show. So that means that you were searching the hashtag for your show to see reviews and you saw his and baby you went in and i'm like really kevin i'm just like yo kev try to get some new material because it's gonna happen i mean it's happened to all the greats as far as like are you losing your funny and sometimes they feel like they they aren't funny like martin when he had his whole you know spiral with his with his life and he came back and did his um run tell that he was like like, damn am i still funny and we was like yeah you still funny because you talked about real situations that were occurring in your life kevin you have to talk about what you're going to through right now what you're seeing right now and maybe that can be you know used as material i don't know No, but that's what he was doing in his stand-up and that's why i was like it wasn't relatable (laughs) like he's having rich people problems but he got a but no he's okay he talked about his scandal like the like didn't he talk about he, that he talked about yeah he talked about that he talked about like having COVID. covid then he talked about then he talked then like he was talking about his kids and like how like you know his kids when they're with him they're, like how like they're 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 used to like this rich thing but like when they're mom they're like they're used to like this regular life it's just like it's, it was just like a different world like, you watch. saw the yeah you, you saw the growth within his life through his jokes but it's just like they're just not funny. Like we can't. We white people might find a lot funny, but like the black people is gonna be like, okay, bro. Yeah, and the black cool. people were were your 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 crowd, your target main crowd audience. that really yeah target audience that you were really um connecting with. Um, speaking of comedians, shout out to Netflix for honoring Dave Chappelle's request. Dave Chappelle wanted them to boycott the Dave Chappelle show that was um. Hmm starting to stream on netflix and the reason why he wants them to remove it is because he wasn't getting paid (laughs) so thank you netflix for pulling the series like he he asked because that's not fair like yeah like that was ridiculous for you guys to just think y'all about to get more money and not pay this man so the 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 uh there are so many issues and layers with that whole thing like um Yes, Dave Chappelle is right in every form and every way, but, but it's the contract. issue, it's not even a contract. What is it? When you, when you think about, and like one of my friends had to point this out to me, because like I, I was using my HBO Max password and I was telling them how to watch Key and Peele because I couldn't watch Dave Chappelle anymore because Dave Chappelle still HBO Max. So I was like, I'm trying to work out with Dave Chappelle. And they were just like, if you think about it, like, yet. If you think about it, he's like Dave Chappelle. Oh, there's so many factors. Okay, one, understanding yes why Dave Chappelle chose to walk away from the show because like people, like people that didn't look like us was running to the street and saying stuff, and like he just didn't like the way that looked. Um, but also understanding that like Dave Chappelle is who helped make the show, and that company is who helped brand and make him who he is today. Because if you think about it, like if you watch a lot of older stuff before the Dave Chappelle show, there's a lot of like 
when we did that Dave Chappelle wrote he in that you did, just didn't know who he was at the time. Mm-hmm. And then when after Dave Chappelle came out, the show came out, and you go back, you're like, oh shit, he was in all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So like that, so like the company and how however fucked up that contract might have been, they helped create the image of who he is today. Like they didn't create his jokes and stuff. They just helped give him the platform to showcase who he was and who his talent and what his talent was. And like because. And, like, a lot of companies feel like that. Like, a lot of companies feel like because we made your, yes, it's your name, but you use our platform to build your image. Therefore, we own your 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 right, your the rights to your images. And it's, it's not a right thing. It's a very effed up thing. But that is legit how the entertainment industry works. That's how it is with labels. That's how it is with TVs. That's how it is with radio. Um and I, I 100% agree, like, he does deserve his money. But, like, you also have to look at it. Like, they're doing the same thing with Wild and Out and Nick Cannon. Oh, yeah. And um, Nick Cannon, he got dropped from his own show. And then they um, trademark Wild and Out. But my thing is, is that us as people, we have to start doing things in the correct manner. And even though we are young, try to remember before it gets I don't. Again, it it's, not, it's not as simple as I'm saying it. But... Where are those people that's in their corners? Like, yo, make sure your paperwork is X, Y, and Z. So here's the thing. They should have made a valid point. Like, everyone has to understand, like, some of these entertainment, these well-known entertainment lawyers, they all know each other. Mm -hmm. So, like, who knows what backhanded deals they're making with each other. Like, if you have them sign this deal, we'll get you something on the back end. Like, they all know each other. Like, everything's corrupt man <laughs> like everything is like everything as 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 sad as it is and as amazing as their entertainment and music and all this in- industry is like there's a lot of dark and shady shit that happens especially when it comes to money and people making money and like you can they like let's say that like, they'll say try out this entertainment lawyer like they're, they're telling you you should like check out this entertainment lawyer how do you they're nine times out of friends they've nine times out of 10 done business with this lawyer and know that this lawyer can convince you that this bill is good. And then this lawyer could probably get something on the back end. Like mm-hmm. it's a lot. It's, it's a it's lot. It's definitely a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's, I hate when they get to an age where they're realizing or obtaining the knowledge now. And it's like, damn, it's too late because the paperwork is signed. You can't undo it. And this is what it is. And now it's just like, now we're here and now you're fighting. So, but, but sometimes you just have to like chuck up that L and like use it for what it is. So, like, I think we were using like the example of Kian Pill. Like, I was trying to figure out where the heck German Pill and my my looking okay, I always say his name wrong, but I was trying to figure out where they came from. My friend told me they came from Mad TV and then they transitioned to um Comedy Central and like that's where they blew up. Mm-hmm. And like, who's to say they didn't have the same deal? that Dave Chappelle had with Comedy Central, but they were able to, like, when that, when it ended, they were able to, like, maneuver into other spaces. Like, Jordan Pill created a whole, like, became one of the best horror directors known, and Keegan is out here doing other stuff. So it's just, like, sometimes you have to take it for what it is. Okay. And accept and, and that loss, like, as a learning experience. Because at the end of the day, like, okay, they're streaming your stuff, this and the other. Like, they, they, they own it. Like, there's nothing we can really do about it at that point. Because at the end of the day, like, whatever contract was signed might be airtight. But 
but like think about it. they're airing your stuff they have nothing else from you and you're you are here with a whole new deal and you can make way more money than they can probably make like they have to resurface your stuff but you can create so much more better stuff than that the only issue is your name like you even though you want to create a whole new Chappelle show you can't say the Chappelle show but you could probably say something else like they just own that name and I think that's the issue yeah more than the money and yeah and he's just really like having this he's just like yo can y'all not can y'all just give me my shit this is me this i'm the creator and like you said you gotta just take the the lesson the l and make it into a lesson don't look at it as a a real major loss so and and as much as we talk about this this has been going to black this has been happening to black creatives artists and actors for For years years Mm -hmm. since the entertainment industry popped off like Mm -hmm. it's always been happening so no matter how many times you say get your paper right make sure things good always get fucked over for what happens we'll get fucked over that's true yeah it always happens now on saturday um december the 12th the versus battle um shout out to swiss beats and timberland on that move um they definitely came up during the whole pandemic with that idea um so well i it wasn't even a brand new idea. It was like something they had already done on Instagram, like I think two years or three years before with Swiss Beats and Just Blaze. Yeah, I saw that one, but I mean, nobody wasn't checking for it. Like now they were able to oh, capitalize on it. Now they were, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep, that's what I'm saying. Yep, I remember the, the battle between Just Blaze and Swiss Beats. That was amazing. And then we wanted it again. So now they and made they a just, business out of it. Yeah. Finally, like, it took a pandemic for it to happen. Oh, my God. But you know, sometimes <laughs> pressure and not sure how you're going to bring your money in, that's when you get the best oh, ideas. So yeah, um, that's where they came up. And Timberland, his name hasn't been circulating in years. I mean, the last thing we really heard about Timberland is like, what what's going on with Tink? You know what I mean? We're pressing about Tink oh, and all yes. of that stuff. Like, yeah, Ooh. before you're going to release her. Like, all of that type of stuff. Didn't he also have- no, it was just Tink. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the yeah. last it's, thing. Yeah, but Tink. Tink's, yeah, but Tink's been dropping music, but I just don't know if she's still under Timberland. No, no, no. She's gone. She's um, oh. she's independent now. She's um released out of her, um, her contract. Contract. But yeah, so that's going down December the 12th with Keisha Cole and Ashanti. Who you got, girl? I really don't know. Because like, okay, when it comes to pen games, Ashanti all the way because Ashanti like has been writing people's hits before we even knew who Ashanti was yeah. like I think I recently found out she was like the background vocals for like the J-Lo one of J-Lo and Ja Rule songs um but Keisha like got more hits like just hits on her own like hits without features than Ashanti so it should be interesting yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I think it's a good pair-up because sometimes they have a pair-up that's like, what are y'all doing? But I think that this is a good pair-up, and um, I feel as though we're going to have a good time because both of them um, released music that really touched a lot of ladies' souls. Like, I mean, yeah. uh, Shanti with the big hit, Foolish. Like, you were foolish. And then uh, foolish, Keisha with... Foolish, rain with, on me, right, love, rain, love. cheated, no, I remember. Keisha, I... Keisha's going to be like, when she sings, I should have cheated. Oh, mad girls gonna be going on. I should have cheated. Used, I used to think that I, I was <laughs> No, that's love. No. Love. I'm not singing love, am I? I used to. Yes. I All right, go. Okay, love. sing. That's love. Wait, do it. That's love. <laughs> okay, sing. I should have cheated. What's the, I should have oh. cheated. Uh, hold on. <laughs> I should have lied. 
I should have. No, son, son you all the way in the middle. Hold on, I know. I'm. Okay. I'm about to Google we gotta Google. the freaking lyrics right now because I don't remember how that goes. Oh, first of all, let me say it. You can't accuse me of all the oh, things you used to say. Oh, and all of you are guilty. All right, all right, Uni. You know what, Uni? Like, I feel as though that you're trying to get me after I beat you in the trap wars. <laughs> no, love. You good. You good. You good. All right. Love used to be my song, love. although. Mm-hmm. The music video never made sense to me. <laughs> Who was in that chink? Wasn't Chink Santana in that? No, I think it was Tyrese. Tyrese was Hold in on. that. Should have cheated on. was was Chink Santana, I believe. I think so. But um, oh, love you. Why Kendrick Lamar's came up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, love Oh, they doing that one year with Kendrick. Yeah, I think I think Tyrese was, was in that. I think so, but I just it just didn't make sense to me because like the music video didn't make sense with the lyrics. So I'm just like, wait, are we talking about love or like her and this man not together? <laughs> like I'm just so confused. Well, all I know is I'm looking forward to that one on Saturday, so I'm gonna tune in. Um, yeah, it, it'll be a nice calm down from Jeezy versus Gucci, which girl, I was just like, please, that girl. Was I thought Gucci I was about to get life. shot through my iPhone. I'm like, Lord. That was like Gucci ain't sat down yet. I Gucci know he walk around with a shit. gun. Let me tell you, Gucci was but like, on I his under- ass, but I respect it. I yeah. understand. I respect it. Like closure. Like, dude, like that's trauma. Like your people tried to kill me over a song. Like all this over a song. All this like, over a song, a chain, all of this something song. crazy. Like, and um, I'm glad that it was a. It was a moment for Gucci to get off his chest. I'm glad Jeezy yes, showed that he like, was mature and he handled it very well. Because, like, if you think about, it, like, like that's something, like, Gucci has had to sit with for a long time. Jeezy's probably, like, been to therapy. He's gotten over it. Like, you're just out here. Jeezy out here with his own talk show and stuff. About to be happily married. Like, all this other stuff. He's living his best life out here. Right. And I mean, to and have Gucci actually had to kill someone i mean i don't think that's anything easy to swallow you, you gotta remember you that over and over yeah. again and you killed someone based off of them trying to kill you so and and then i think like it, it was like some something really interesting because like remember when like it was a meme and people were just like quoting jeezy because like gushi was like my outfit cost ten thousand dollars and jesus like i don't got ten thousand dollar outfit but i have property and then like but people, I think, fail to realize that, like, but also, even though Gucci's saying all that, Gucci owns all his royalties and all that and publishing. Gigi doesn't. So that's, like, why Gucci was playing all his songs straight through and Gigi couldn't play all his songs straight through. But then another thing is, is that they both were shit-talking. I mean, they both were getting off. You guys, whoever thinks that Gucci does not have real estate here in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> They're batshit crazy. You're batshit crazy, like Unique just said. Because, listen, one thing about people from Atlanta, they're very proud. And to be able to get in a position to own something in their city that they rep so hard for, the zones, zone six, zone four, zone this, he's going to definitely have some real estate, just like Jeezy. So, I believe that both of them are in great spaces in their lives. Keisha yes. Kayo is about to have a, a baby. Hopefully, they'll he's be more open. Married. Yeah, he's, he's happily healthy. married. They, yeah, so they're both doing. It was a win for black men that both night. Let's just keep it like that. And like, 
like that conversation just needs to be had and like he had to get all that anger and aggression off of him he did he did so that was a, a great versus battle um yeah. also shout out to all of the covid 19 babies being made coming into this world oh just God. just like so, dad what's up <laughs> not even that like co- i think covid has been like a like okay, like, we talk about the suicides and there's a lot of COVID babies happening, but then, like, also what's happening, which is on a sadder note, is, like, domestic violence is also happening a lot within COVID. Like, there there are people that, like, are stuck in their houses with their abusers and they can't escape, and, like, there's a lot happening with that. It is. So, COVID has been heavy. It, 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 it has taken lives. It has caused people to come together to create lives as well. So, it's just, like, with this whole 2020, we pretty much didn't know what to expect. It was, like, expect the unexpected with this whole year. Um, shout out to Nicki Minaj for manifesting her son. She's been having mm-hmm. mad sun bars, and so she got <laughs> she got a son in October. She became she became a mom to a real baby boy. So shout out to baby boy Patty. Well, now, now all these bitches ain't gotta be her sons. No they don't more. gotta be her sons because she got her own son. I love you, down Nikki. Um, also, we wanna. I wanna keep. I wanna. We're gonna be wrapping this up soon. So I just wanna touch on this, guys. Ladies, can we? Can we just keep twerking in 2020? I don't want twerking to come to 2021. Can you twerk, Unique? <laughs> no, I really want to learn how oh to. Oh my though. god, I'm trying That's to stop the twerk. Oh. <laughs> oh my bucket list. I will not judge you because this is a judgment free zone. So if you want to learn how to twerk, go ahead and do it. But okay, let me say this. I'm with the owner of True's Kitchen, a uh, True Kitchen in Dallas. Mm-hmm. If you go to, out to eat, please just eat. I don't need you to be twerking that little nunu by my oh, food. Wait, just is, stop that, twerking. is that the brunch spot that was like, don't be up in here twerking? I don't know if it's just brunch, but I know it's a, a, a restaurant there in Dallas. Okay. And he did have yeah, some nice yeah. music, but you don't have to stand up and start twerking and popping okay, that thing yeah, by that, my food while not... I'm trying to eat. Okay, like, yeah, if we're if, if it's not a day party bitch type thing... I don't want to see y'all dancing. Like, okay. you know, the music popping and it's like dinner time. Why are you twerking during my dinner time? Like, we ain't yes. the club. But if it's a brunch day party, like the brunch about to turn to a day party, I'm all here for it. Okay, yeah. I so, expected that to happen. All right, so you just helped me. Okay, guys, we can keep the twerking. Twerk at day parties, probably for your man, you know, stuff like that. Let's yeah. not do it at restaurants. We were just chilling, trying to just eat. And everybody don't want to see that popping and getting turned up. Like, hey, you saying A over my pancakes. Like, ah, ow. That is very disrespectful. No, I don't want to hear that. I don't like, want to I, I don't know how people eat in strip clubs. I can't do it. And oh, I, strip and club I food is popping, too. Especially no, down no, here no, in Atlanta. No, yeah. Strip club got the best chicken wings, but I will order that shit to go. <laughs> I'm not eating my... I don't like I'm with you on that I don't like people popping it on the headstand around my food. Like I'm not with that. I'm crying. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, okay. but I'm here for it. She's here <laughs> but for it's it. Not around my food. It's All right, shout out food. to the strippers <laughs> that had to go to the OnlyFans. But look, let me ask you this. <laughs> what has twenty twenty taught you? Oh, that is like you know what? I don't know. And I, I say that because, like, I know with this year, a lot of people have had been afforded that opportunity to, like, you know, sit with themselves and, like, really dive into, like, the life they're living, this and the other, and just that, that space to, like, reinvent and have conversations with themselves. I never, I didn't have that opportunity. Okay. To and, do that. And that's I was, fine. 
that's fine. Don't feel pressured to be like, oh, it taught me this. I was just wondering what what no, you experienced or, you know. One thing it did make me experience, and I was just speaking to myself like, hmm, I, maybe I need a new job. I don't know. <laughs> that's, oh, probably wow. the, that's probably the only thing. Because it's like, it's, it's one of those, like, when you take the glitz and glamour out of, like, the fun aspect and you strip a job to, like, just what it is, it, it makes you realize, like, but do I really love doing this? So I think right. that's what that's what I'm where I'm at. Like just thinking of like, do I really love everything that I'm doing right now? Or am I just doing it because I love an aspect of it? So that's pretty much the only question that's had me ask. And that's a valid question. I actually like that. That that's something that I'm sure a lot of people have thought about during twenty twenty because of the fact that it just opened up your eyes to certain things. You know what I mean? Under this pressure. Um, for myself, 2020 has taught me to be present. Like mm-hmm. I had planned to, you know, really connect and create memories because as a water sign, sometimes I can just be in my own world. Like I have no problem being like, being yes. like Dory, like, but, um, you know, I wanted to be more present and just create my memories and just, you know, say that I live like I was here. Like, you know, the Beyonce song Beyonce. comes on. Yes, Beyonce. That comes <laughs> on like, I was here. Like, did I really live? Did I, you know, really do everything that I was born to do, to do, that I wanted to do? So keep that twerking on your bucket list if you want to learn. Um don't let me take that from you. That's oh, no. Don't let me take that. Look, like, look. I have that conversation. I have like, to. I gotta, oh, my God. I got to make. Need... Like, it's just also a bucket list. Like, I probably won't do it for anybody. I just got to right. know that I can do it. Because, like, it's like a. It's like a historical ancestral. Oh, my thing. God. You know what? I cannot take you. This girl said this is for, this is for my ancestors. Mm, mm, mm. Shake it. Shake like, it. I can't. It's like a yeah. So like, it's I like the electric to. slide. Like to. you gotta know how to do it when you go to the the barbecue. It's it's not that you don't know how to, don't have to know how to do it, but it's just like that's how you sound because you said historical. Because <laughs> I know we are judging you if you come to the the barbecue no. or the wedding and you don't know how to do the hey. That's it's true. Like no, but if you think about it, like if you look at like um people that do African dance and this you know what I'm not it's there it's there so it's a part of our heritage and it's like you know like the the whitewashing of slavery and all that stuff (laughs) is like you got rhythm but you ain't got all your rhythm so there we go (laughs) I am done but yo we had a great rundown we talked about a lot I want to thank you so much for um even being open to do this with me um I really look forward to connecting with you even more in the future um you have a good vibe good energy and i just want you to go ahead and plug you know how they can find you how they can connect with you social media all that good stuff um i see you got merch so go ahead and load it up and then we're gonna wrap up okay well you guys can find me on well my personal instagram uni smiles u-n-e-e and then smiles and then you can follow the podcast on instagram at dear black girl pod there we have we also have, we have a merch shirt that uh, I put together, and it's basically Sade, Lauren Hill, and Erica Badu together, oh, and yeah. it's like um, their eyes say "Dear Black Girl" on the back. It's like a like an open letter type of empowering thing okay. on the back of the shirt. That's dope. Okay, yep, I saw it, guys. It's definitely dope. So, Unique, thank you so much for, um, like I said, coming on to the show, doing the rundown. 
laughing, wanting to tell me that you still want to twerk, so I won't shade <laughs> twerkers too much. So if I see your video twerking on the gram, I ain't gonna I side out. I will never put a video on the gram when you twerking. No. That's well, what's the point of twerking? Line. What's the point? So Listen, I, like I said, oh it's God. for it's just like for me to know I can do it in ancestral roots, and then like you know I might do it in the comfort of my house when I'm excited. But I ain't gonna do it all. I don't want to like video me doing that. That's not me. That's not my personality. But the fact that I can do it is what I want. You know? Okay, I so you... I just want to accomplish it. All right, cool. Guys, but don't video me doing that, now. guys. Well, one day if she gets drunk, hopefully we just say, oh, we should have nope. been woke to see it. She she released it to her. <laughs> nope. That would never happen because I would curse any of my friends out that recorded me while I was doing that. I'm crying. <laughs> Unique. You are so hilarious. But okay. Have a good Sunday. Guys, I'm about to wrap up. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to Dope Chick with Ambition Podcast. I will see you guys next season in 2021. It's your girl Candy Hustle. Mwah. You can eat it for breakfast and dinner, and you pour syrup on it. Ooh, ooh, uh, 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 chicken and waffles. This is somebody who doesn't like you, uh, and they want to be like you, but they'll never tell you. Hey there. This is where you go when you want to get shrimp, but you balling on a budget. Real lobster. That's it. Make sure you bring Trap Wars to your next event so that you can have the ultimate game night experience. Visit fanfoolery.com to place your orders today. You already know I got this right, boy. I'm a beast, man. I always.